Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today we have Eric Score on the show. He's the internal audit manager at Holman Enterprises. Holman is uh, the world's largest privately held vehicle fleet management company. And we talk pretty much all analytics. It's about 95% um, internal audit analytics. And we talk about specific use cases also. That's something that if, you, if you're coming on the show and you're talking analytics, I'm gonna ask you for some specific use cases. So we talk about specific use cases and we talk about how to get to know your company better through looking at the data and kind of getting it on the front end of the audit and just taking a, a high level look at it to, to see kind of what's going on there so that when you have your kickoff meeting, uh, or whatever you call it, you can have some specific questions to ask them and show you know where where you're seeing things in the data. So um, another topic we talk about, and then we talk about the goal of using analytics in the audit function. Something Eric and I talk about is the fact that using analytics is maybe becoming a bit of a check the box thing for audit. Hey, did you use analytics on this? Yes, we did. But um, are you really getting the return on? Um, what you're doing when you're doing analytics. Is it, yeah, we kind of did analytics or is it actually getting the value in using analytics and understanding what you can actually get done with analytics, which I, I'm seeing uh, some folks miss. So we want to touch on that. And then at the end, uh, for, for, for various reasons, uh, analytics and RPA or robotic process automation always kind of go hand in hand, um, maybe just as kind of emerging tech within audit. But um, so we talk a uh, little RPA at the end. Um, this is one that I enjoyed very much as an analytics person, uh, an internal audit analytics person. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed as much as I did. We talked a little bit about like what you were doing, but with analytics, are there, are there specific use cases within analytics that you could speak to? Well, I think we use analytics a lot from a still in the descriptive and diagnostic phases, but there's so much value I think that comes from those two phases. Uh, and it's pretty fantastic what value we can bring through just using those. Uh, let's just take, I mean, I do a lot of descriptive. So I, I try to encourage auditors just take, take a step back and understand the business because a lot of time. Go can, ahead. Can you, can you define what, so most of the folks that listen probably aren't necessarily in the analytics space. What, what descriptive yeah. analytics, what that actually means? 
Yeah, so descriptive analytics is really just, you know, what, what's happened. Or I, I like to look at it as more of what, what's going on, just learning about something, right? Whatever you want to look at. And there's different, I use it a lot in terms of entities. Like there are a lot of different entities to audit. So get to know your entity, right? So how much money do they uh, earn in revenue? How much profit do they have? How many assets? How many employees? All of these types of things is, are really helpful to the auditor because at the end of the day, if you don't know what's going on in the business, you can't translate the data that you find in, in analytics. Right. Okay. And so what were some of the use cases you were getting at? Well, we use it to, to plan the audits a lot of times. So at an entity level, we'll use it a lot of times, right. To plan out risk because we only have a small number of resources, right. So you need to go and understand the risks and, and things just keep changing. I think the, the pace of change is just amazing nowadays. So an entity could be doing really well at one point in time, but then the next time you go around to look at it on your, maybe your standard auto audit plan, it's entirely different. Mm -hmm. It has a different set of outcomes. Um, we talked to, I think you, a recent guest you had on talked about agile auditing. Uh -huh. I mean, that's exactly it. So it's staying up on, on top of that. So looking at key performance indicators that really gets down to the diagnostic part of things. So maybe you compare one entity to another entity and you say, okay, these entities are the same size, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe they really do about the same thing, right? Their same business purpose overall, but one is making money and one is not making money. Right. So then <laughs> Why, why is that the case? So then yeah. you can start to diagnose, right? And you start kind of drilling down. You look at the different segments of the business and you say, why is, what, what is, what is causing the loss in the one that's losing money? And then you just keep drilling down. And then we, so that we also use a lot in regards to process level analysis, you know, what, where, how many, how many, purchase orders are they are are these is this business processing why are they processing so many Can, I, I like to break it down on a daily basis right and i like to say how many is one person processing in one day and you kind of look at yourself and say does that make sense like can someone even do that that's yeah. that's yeah, 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 exactly. that, that is a lot of purchase orders to, to handle so maybe there's yeah. an operational opportunity there yeah the, the example that i that i look at often and tell people about is with credit card or p card purchases and that approval process yeah you get that level of data that shows who's approving and when then you can aggregate it and you can say, all right, there's no way Jan and accounting is approving 150 transactions, you know, a day or every two days or whatever. Clearly the review is not happening at a yeah. level of precision and sensitivity that it should be happening at. Um, or maybe you could even argue that maybe that level doesn't need to be applied. That much scrutiny doesn't need to be applied to it. But um, that's interesting that you said that because that's, that's an example that, that I come back to a lot. And so, um, I mean, I think your example is a really good one. There's a lot of <clears throat> initial thought about it, it's the evolution, like I say, the maturity of the of the risk management process. I think audit can really help out on because maybe at first there's no control that there was no review over that purchase that that P card purchases, right? So then someone started reviewing it, 
but no one really explained to that person what they're supposed to do in their review and how to do it. So they just kind of do their best and, and then the transactions start building up and so it becomes overwhelming and they just, they just keep hitting the button and they're really not, it's really not doing any good. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then something breaks again, like someone takes advantage of the system and it doesn't get caught. So then you have to refine it and then you, that's, and then you build a better control. Right. So it's, we're, we're out there trying to identify that as soon as possible, maybe even trying to proactively, right. Get the control to change, make it more automated instead of manual to make it more efficient and effective. Yeah. And let's face it, when it comes to that control, uh, Eric, you're my manager, you approve mine. You go, I've been working with Trent for 10 years, approve, 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 approve. you know, like I trust you, you know, so, um, that's, I guess a little bit of my soapbox on the, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that was, we were talking descriptive, right? And then you said there's another type that you like to use. What was that one? And what are some, uh, kind of a, just the diagnostic diagnostic analytics and, you know, that's really about why, why is something, something happening, right? So what's causing, I, I think I talked a little bit about before looking, when you're looking at key performance indicators and comparing one, one entity or one process, any, anything, you're comparing one thing to another thing, then you start getting into the diagnostic. It, I mean, they go really hand in hand, right? Because, uh, you're in the descriptive analytics, you're really understanding what you're looking at. And in the diagnostic, you're finding a problem, but then you're going back to understanding why the problem. So then you're learning more about the problem uh, To And the whole goal of this is not to do the analytics, right? Like the whole goal is to under, better understand the risk and better mitigate, help the business to mitigate the risk, see if it's covered with a control, uh, because a lot of times what I'm finding is business, the, the business process owners don't really, you know, they, everyone thinks they, I, I, they know about the risk and I, you know, everyone does have a sense for risk. Uh, but internal auditors really get good at understanding risk. And, and I mean, that's where our real value lies is that intersection between risk process and control. Mm-hmm. And we can't take that for granted because, uh, a lot of times when people are responding to risk, they're like, let's use your P card example. Uh, they look at, okay, well, what can the system do? Right. Oh, well, let's, let's take this and let's do that. Okay. They could do that. Oh, cool. Let's do that. You know, let's try that out. Right. It, there's not a real detailed analysis. A lot of times of here are the specific risks and, and ranking them, for instance, of here are the most important risks. So let's do this in, uh, in relationship to that risk. And, and it's more reactive than as well. So we come in and we can help diagnose those issues and then help to fix them and change it accordingly. And so you, you said this and started to go down it and I wanted to see if you wanted to elaborate on it, but <clears throat> you said the goal isn't just to do analytics, um, which I think some people might be getting caught up in now because mainly because of the marketing that says you have to do analytics, you know? Um, and so people say, all right, we have to do analytics. We, we need to do analytics. And it's almost become in that sense, a check the box kind of situation. Um, so if the goal isn't just to do analytics, then what is the goal with analytics? From an internal audit perspective, I think the goal for analytics is to always help the business improve. Right? So that really means, under, better understanding the risks 
that exist out there and then helping to specifically identify and suggest your changes, right? Maybe that's control implementation. Maybe it's just a process change, but really helping the business respond to that risk so it doesn't come to fruition. All right. So we've talked the two types that you use. I would imagine though that you don't go in saying I'm going to do a descriptive analysis, right? Like it just kind of happens. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I encourage auditors to think, right? So I think it's, it's, we, we, we look, what are we going to do? And we we're looking at what the risks are, right? So we start with the risks. I try to encourage my team to start with the risks and then identify the analytic that's going to help you understand that risk yeah. as opposed to vice versa. Some, I, I will admit sometimes it's, they do work hand in hand. I think some, sometimes you need to just do analytics to help identify what you, what you what risks you're trying to look at. I mm-hmm. think it, it depends on how mature the risk environment and risk management system is out there. So some, some are really well defined, but some are not defined at all. And I think when it's really not defined, sometimes you use the analytics purely just to understand the risk. But the more you drill into it, uh, you, I think you start, you, it's more about finding, finding the niche, right? Finding what is leading to this problem. You know, let's take, for example, what I tried to do a lot of times is, you know, compare maybe uh, the, the general ledger information against uh, subsidiary type ledger information and in different systems, right? There are oftentimes a lot of different computer systems being used out there. And if you can compare the two, a, a lot of times you can really start to see where things went awry, right? So something in a shipping system need, should be posted in the general ledger. Well, and if you compare the two together, you're finding that some don't make it into the general ledger. So then you, then you start seeing why is that the case? And so then you can start getting into as well, uh, the shipping system a little bit further. You can understand the process a little bit better, ask the right questions to the different people, uh, because a lot of people don't look at both. Right. So there's a lot of people dealing with the general ledger. There's a lot of people just dealing with the shipping record, for instance, but they're not dealing with both. But internal audit has that really unique perspective because we see both and we understand both. And so we can connect the dots. And the great thing as well about analytics nowadays is that uh, we can start grabbing a hundred percent of the population to start identifying uh, issues and better providing that assurance. It's not a random, like historically doing this, you know, when I first started, it's do your random sample uh, and get lucky. Yeah. (laughs) If you find an issue, you got lucky and you're like, oh, we found an issue. But but nowadays it's, uh, you're really trying to, the better you can find that risk, you can better target that risk and pull the analytics, pull the data specifically related to that risk. So in that example I'm giving with the with shipping, right? You, if you can see that certain uh, uh, shipments aren't making it into the general ledger, you can pull that whole 
time period of shipments and compare that whole time period against the general ledger. And you can specifically say this one, this one, and this one didn't make it into the general ledger. And you can ask yourself, and I do this with my team all the time, why didn't this one, this one, and this one right. make it in there? So let's, is there a different process that only applies to this one? Is it a different person? Maybe there's one person out there that didn't get the training that they're supposed to get the training. So you're really getting to that root cause. And then once you get to that root cause, you can really suggest a really valuable thing to the business. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We wanna say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Part of the beauty of analytics is, and what I've seen is, like if I'll go to do a walkthrough and the business side says, this is how the process works. I'll say, all right, and get the data and you more or less go and confirm it in the data through some testing of the controls or testing the data. And then inevitably there is a percentage that pops out that did not meet, you know, didn't follow the process of what the business said. And you go back and you're like, all right, these 15 out of a thousand didn't. And they're like, oh yeah, that's because Mark owns those uh, 13 and he does it this way. And those other two are owned by Denise and she does it like this. And that's why those don't really make sense. And it's like, if we didn't look at it in the data and see all that, then that never would have been identified. Um, the, so you're giving a, a, a reconciliation example. And, yeah. and I think that's one that, cause there's so much you can do with analytics. It's like uh, cool, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the recon gets left out sometimes. Yep. And I know I've done one where I did a reconciliation between two systems um, and found some transactions the same way. They didn't make it over. And what actually was happening is in, in the one system, they were making manual adjustments that weren't making it through to the other and they were just yeah. getting missed in the process. And so bringing back like analytics to a control gap example, that was one of them where they said, we didn't even know that these existed. Like management said, we didn't even know you yeah. could do this there more or less. Um, so the result of that was they put a control in place to identify those manual adjustments on a routine basis and then management could go in and approve them. Um, so that's yeah, the type that, of thing that you can, you can do just even with a, something as standard or as typical as a reconciliation. Cause I think that's something that we all as audit, especially like CPAs and folks with accounting backgrounds understand a reconciliation. Yeah. And I think thinking is an important part of the puzzle as well for analytics. If you, again, if you just put some data into this software and it spits out data, you're not going to know what to do with it. Right. So it's really thinking ahead about what's your goal or it's maybe you don't exactly know. I think that's okay sometimes and just do an analysis, but, but then you need to sit down and kind of ask yourself, what, what, what do I see? You know, does this make sense? Be, taking the shipping example again, for instance, I've done, if you look at, sh- maybe you break down shipping sh- 
for on a daily basis for a long period of time and you start seeing trends that are okay for some reason at the end of the last day of every month the ship number of ship, shipments really increases right so then you're like well why is that the case so then you can start asking those questions and obviously from a revenue recognition standpoint uh, i think it's important to understand that because maybe you know i think operationally a lot of times people are oftentimes trying to just push it in at the end of the month to, so they can get their revenue, right? But that yeah. might also lead to the fact that maybe you need to focus more of your testing at the, at the, on that last day of the month, and, or maybe they need a control over that last day of month specifically if they don't already have one. Internal audit is such a, an amazing place, an amazing opportunity to learn about the business. And many internal audit departments that I've seen are great stepping stones for people within a business, mm -hmm. right? Uh, future leaders, future financial leaders, a lot of times come from internal audit. Uh, maybe not even, and a lot of even those financial leaders just become just more operational leaders at the same time, right? So I think if you, you can ask what are your career goals early on, you can work with that individual uh, to better achieve them. And I think what happens is you can better motivate people, okay, to do what needs to be done, right? So we just spent a while talking about you need to understand the operations, right? Well, if you want to grow in your career and into operations, the the first place to start is start learning about the operations, <laughs> right? Like, uh, and again, no better place to start than internal audit. And what you can do is a uh, align people, I think, with different areas that they're interested in. Uh, we're talking a lot here about analytics. So you can also find maybe people have, for instance, a specific desire to do analytics, right? So maybe you can help build that out and give them, start giving them projects and giving them training, giving them a, a, a outside training support, like going back to school, you know, those types of things can really be helpful. And you're part, you're in, in essence, you're partnering, partnering with your employees to work together to, uh, to accomplish a goal. Yeah. That's the thing that kind of sticks out to me from what you said is like you have access and also maybe opportunities, actually opportunity is a better word. We have the opportunity within audit to do so much. And so the analytics is what popped out to me is like, if there's nobody on the team that does analytics, but somebody's interested in it, I mean, who's going to, you know, what management yeah. leader is going to say, you know what, I don't want you to learn that. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to be supportive and give that, you know, their staff the tools and the resources they need to learn it. Yeah. Um, and then if that's something that they end up being a passion about and they want to do it, you know, uh, analytics with the marketing team and, and leave audit or something, they have that skill set or even thinking about cybersecurity and, how hot of an area it is right now. If an audit leader, if a, you know, hears from a staff, Hey, I really want to be, you know, I want, I'm interested in cybersecurity and I want to make that like a core competency of mine. They're not going to say it. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Well, and I think it, it just, it's, it's important. It's, and it's vital, I would say, because we talked about this rapid change that happens there's also this specialization. It, everything is very complex. So we need people, we need a diverse team, 
right? Like we can't, we're not in the days any longer that there's one person maybe at the top that knows everything. That's just not possible. It's not realistic. I think you need a team, a, a diverse team that focuses in different areas and then works together to, you know, uh, partner up within the internal audit department to, you know, tackle specific projects, specific risks that you're, that you're looking at throughout the organization because one person just can't handle it all anymore. Yeah. So we've talked a lot of analytics. Is there any other topic that you want to, with the floor being yours, get off your chest or speak to or preach on or any anything to that effect? Well, you brought up RPA, I think. Uh, before I think that was a that's a really interesting interesting evolution recently uh, robotics process automation <laughs> yeah so that let's uh, again kind of like with descriptive for the, the the folks that don't know what is RPA and uh, not only the acronym but kind of what is it theoretically yes yeah, so theoretically you're essentially taking a process and automating it right and it's pretty simple, I guess, yeah. <laughs> when, it, when you break it down. And, uh, and, but it's really powerful, right? Simple but powerful, right? I mean, this, in essence, what businesses are doing is there's software now that you can uh, leverage where you can tell the software how to go about doing the process that you've developed over years probably yeah and the system can do it by itself and a lot faster right and it's i see it popping up uh at different businesses and i keep talking about it when i uh, meet peers and audit peers uh in conferences or meetings whatever I, I think it keeps coming up because it's gonna definitely revolution a lot revolutionize things across the board. I see a lot of accounting processes that were mundane, I guess, being transformed into RPA. And it's really gonna be helpful, I think, in terms of giving people that more, you know, allow people to enjoy their jobs more and focus more on I think the more important things that are out there, right? I, I don't, there's not a lot of people out there that just like to sit and do the same thing every single day, right? But it needs to be done. Unless they're a right? robot. Yeah, again, a robot likes that. <laughs> we, we program them to like that. So I think it's uh, gonna be really helpful uh, from an accounting standpoint because accounting even more, uh, it's, it's like the evolution from going paper uh, accounting to computer accounting, right? Like now there's, now there's more thinking involved. Now there's more uh, value that uh, an accountant can add. Right. And then from a, from an audit standpoint, I think it's important because I think it's another opportunity for us to partner with uh, IT professionals as well. Uh, I mean, there's such a overlap. Uh, I have dealt a lot in the financial operational uh, audit world. Um, you know, but there's, it's, there's such an opportunity to, for IT auditors to kind of work together with financial and op operational auditors uh, to tackle this RPA because, you know, from an IT perspective, uh, 
you need to make sure that we're, we're putting processes out there, right? You're putting processes from the company typically into a third party software. We need to make sure it's secure. We need to make sure that it's being maintained uh, because things break yep. often. There's a lot of different aspects to it. So if, let's say you're taking um, something from a website, uh, maybe the website changes and you didn't, you didn't, the software can't react to that. It might break. And if everyone, if no one's checking it, it might break and no one knows about it. So you need to, you need to make sure it's being monitored, you know, setting up different controls. So that's from an IT standpoint, but from, from a financial standpoint, you're taking pre-existing processes and putting them into the computer, but you need to make sure all of those different processes get into there. It's because oftentimes maybe I, I've seen individuals, you know, hand, maybe just hand it over to IT and then IT does it, but IT doesn't really understand the, the financial part of it. So they might uh, not, it might get lost in the communication, right? Because uh, maybe a process isn't documented uh, and they miss a step for instance. So uh, the good thing, maybe it'll break when you try to run the RPA process. Uh, but if it doesn't break, maybe, it, maybe no one's gonna even notice, but there's still a key process that should have been included, like a key field that needs to be filled out that, that we use as a control that no one really identifies. So uh, having internal audit kind of review, reviewing the designs uh, of those, I think will add a lot of value as well. Say, all right, Eric, well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is, this is great. I really appreciate having more discussions about internal audit. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.